It's good to be back. It's good to be in the church. I know I was talking to John, you know, we're still at our church, we're still trying to figure out like how all of this is going to happen, how we get back, get back to doing what we do in the church. Um, it's good to be here. The last time, can y'all hear, hear me okay? The last time I spoke, I was actually at my dining room table speaking into a computer, sp- uh, computer screen doing my sermon and It was really tough trying to tell a joke, even writing a joke in the sermon, and then you hear silence. But I know there's somebody out there right now that's saying, well, we heard you before, you know, like, jokes aren't that good. So, uh, (laughs) at least we got, you know, it's good to be in here. Um, This morning, I bring to you a message of encouragement. I think everybody can agree right now, it's good to be encouraged today. Everything always seems so negative that we hear right now that's going on in the world, and it's just good to be encouraged. And this morning, I just want to bring to you a message of encouragement. So will you please join me in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, I just, we just welcome you into this sanctuary this morning, God. We just pray that you open up our hearts, God, that you open up our ears, that we, our ears, and that we just may experience you with this short time that we have together here this morning, God. Help change us through this short time. Speak to us through this message, God. Hide me behind your cross. Let them be your words and not mine. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Amen. All right. I, was, I told you I was going to encourage you today and... Um, like I said, we need some encouragement right now. There is no doubt that we were living in some uncertain times right now in the world. You know, we have some crazy decisions. Every day it almost seems like a questioning decision. Do I wear a mask? Do I not wear a mask? Do I send my kids to school? Do I keep them at home? Who would have thought that the easiest decision we have to make every day is to choose what we're going to have for dinner? You know, that used to be an argument with the wife or, you know, that conversation would go on forever. But that seems like that's getting to be an easy conversation, decision to make. I joke about that, but the last time I spoke to you was from that dining room table in isolation. I hope you valued that time just a couple of months ago and as much as I did. During that time, we were able, and I hope, I really think that God was telling us to, t- to wake up and to take an inventory of our house. I was able to identify some things that I was really putting in front of God, some things that I was putting in front of this relationship, that, that how busy we had really gotten. And it was nice that for once in my life I could stop and sit down and be with my family and really evaluate everything that was going on. It's good, it's good to realize that because here we are back in the church today. We are gathered here today. We are back in the world, and it seems even crazier than it was before we went into isolation. And it seems like we're just getting started. You watch the news, and one channel says one thing, and then the next channel says the opposite. Everything is a conspiracy theory. There's hate, there's division, and there's no trust in the world right now. I titled this sermon, Back to Basics. Now, I don't know anybody who likes to hear that phrase, when that phrase is told to you, spoken to you. 
This phrase reminds me of playing sports back in the day. This phrase was never yelled at us when we were at the top of our game, when we were doing everything right. This was one of the worst things to hear as a football player. We're going back to the fundamentals. We're going to do tackling drills, blocking drills. We're going to run the same play over and over. We're going to practice it until you get it right. Going back to basics usually meant that we had stunk, stunk it up the game before. Obviously, we had played so bad that the coaches thought, wow, these guys look confused. They look like they don't know what they're doing. They look like they have forgotten everything that we've taught them. I think we are entering a time where, the, where, where we need to get back to basics as being a church, being the church. As a church, I, can think, I think we can no longer rely on our tradition. Everything is tra changing. And this is what I mean by that. When tradition is told, when it is spoken and not practiced, that's when you have to go back to basics. It's the same as a football team from a school with a strong winning tradition. When everything that w went into building that winning tradition gets lost, all the, all the values, all the fundamentals ignored, tradition is no more. When tradition is talked about and not practiced, it's not tradition anymore. It's no longer being passed from generation to generation. That's what tr tradition is. It's being passed along. That would be like you telling me you have a good football team just because you have a state title on your uh, town's water tower from the 80s. I, I don't think I could trust you that your team's that good. Tradition cannot be told. It must be practiced. I love to look around um, churches, uh, going to different churches, and you see, you see the stained glass windows, you see the, the sanctuaries, the kitchen, the Sunday school classrooms. It's always kind of cool to do a little tour of a church every time you're there. And just to think that brick by brick, people came together with their money, their time, to build a place to worship God in. You know, I just think about, if you think about this church, uh, think about, take, go back and just think how those people felt the first day those doors were open, that they got to come in and worship God. Everything that, all their dreams and hope was coming true that morning, that they had a place to worship God. I think about that. In these uncertain times, it's good to go back to basics. It's good to remember that we belong to an awesome and powerful God. Would you please, and this is going to be our scripture today, turn to Exodus chapter 3. And we're going to be in verses 11 through 14. God has just revealed himself uh, in the burning bush to Moses and given instruction to him to go back to Egypt. Back to basics almost, you could say, for Moses. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be a sign that it is I who sent you. When you, when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. And Moses said to God, Suppose I go back to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? And God says to Moses, I am who I am. 
This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has, I am has sent me to you. I am who I am. What other name could God have given besides, besides this name to properly identify himself? This name that the generations would come to know him as. How many days has it been since this conversation took place that we are talking about it here this morning? It's a powerful name, I am. It is eternal. It is forever present. It is a living name, I am. This name was not given to God. It wasn't passed down. It has no past. It has no future. It is without end or beginning, eternal. What other name could God have given Moses but this name to identify himself? We belong to an internal, uh, eternal God, no ending, no ending, no beginning, infinite, forever present. I searched and found a list of God's works in the Bible, and some of these you may remember, and it's good to remind ourselves of this this morning. You may have came to church, and right now you just need to hear and be reminded of what God has done in the past. You've got to always, you got to be careful who you look at when you say that you need reminded when you're preaching, but uh I want to go ahead and apologize for my pronunciations in advance. This may get ugly. I don't know. I'm going to try my best. Uh, but let's start. We'll start with creation. Creation, we have Enoch's translation, the flood, and confusion of the tongues at Babel, Sodomites blinded, cities of Sodom and Gomorrah destroyed, Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt, a donkey speaking in a human voice, the burning bush, Moses' rod changed into a serpent, Moses' hand made leprous. Aaron's rod changed into a serpent. The river turned to blood. Frogs, lies, flies, moraine, boils, hail, locusts, darkness. Firstborn destroyed in Egypt. Pillar of cloud and fire. Crossing the Red Sea. Bitter waters sweeten. Manna sent from heaven. Water from the rock. Amalek, Amalek defeated. Strange fire on Aaron's sacrifice. Nadab, Nadab and Ab Abihu destroyed, Israel's judgment by fire, Miriam's leprosy, Korah and his gang destroyed by unnatural means, murmurers destroyed by a ravaging plague, Aaron's rod blossoms, water from the rock in Kadesh, brazen serpent healed many bitten by fiery serpents, Jordan supernaturally divided, the fall of Jericho, Dew, dew on Gideon's fleece, sun and the moon stood still, angel and flame, lions slain by Samson, 30 Philistines killed by Samson, water from a hollow place in Lehi, city gates carried away by Samson, Dagon's house pulled down by Samson, Dagon's fall before the ark, men of Beth Shemesh destroyed, thunder and rain in harvest time, Uzzah's mysterious death, Jeroboam's hand withered and restored, rending the altar in Bethlehem, Drought, or, drought ordered by Elijah, Elijah fed by ravens, widows' oil and meal supernaturally increased, widow's son raised from the dead, sacrifice consumed by fire, rain in an answer to prayer, captains destroyed by Elijah's command of fire from heaven, Jordan divided by Elijah's mantle, Elijah translated to heaven in a chariot of fire, Jordan divided by Elijah and Elijah by Elisha in a lot with Elijah's mantle. Waters of Jericho healed. Young mockers of Elijah were torn, Elisha torn to pieces by bears. Waters supernaturally supplied for Josephat. 
widows supernaturally multiplied, Shonamites raised from the dead, poison pottage made harmless, hundreds, fled, hundreds fed with 20 loaves of bread, Naaman, Naaman cured of leprosy, Gehazi struck with leprosy, leprosy. axe head floats in a river, Ben had Hadad's plans revealed, Syrian army defeated, resurrection by touch with Elijah's bones, Sennacherib's army destroyed by an angel, Hezekiah healed, shadow returned to a sundial, Uzziah afflicted with leprosy, three men delivered from a fiery furnace, Daniel delivered from the lion's den, preservation of Jonah in the belly of the fish for three days, Water made into wine by Jesus, son of a nobleman healed. Christ passed unseen through a crowd in Nazareth. A demon-possessed demon uh, healed in a, synagogue, in a synagogue. Peter's mother-in-law was healed. Drought, a draught of fish uh, caught in a lake. Leper cleansed in Capernaum. Paralytic healed, impotent man healed, withered hand restored, centurion servant cured of palsy. Widow's son raised in Nain, demon-possessed man healed in Galilee, tempest stilled in the lake, two men possessed cured, Jairus' daughter raised from the dead, woman of the issue with an issue of blood healed, blind man cured, demon cast out of Capernaum, 5,000 supernaturally fed, walking on the, on the sea by Jesus, Syrio-Phoenician daughter healed, 4,000 supernaturally fed, transfiguration of Christ on the mountaintop. Tribute money supernaturally provided, a deaf man healed, a blind man healed, devil casted out of a boy, miracles by the 70, 10 lepers cleansed, Jesus passed unseen through a crowd in the temple, man born blind healed, Lazarus raised from the dead, woman of infirmity cured, man with, with dropsy cured, two blind men cured in Jericho, a fig tree was cursed and withered away. Mal Malchus ears healed, second draught of fish is caught, resurrection of the Christ. Christ appears to Mary, Christ appears to the other women, Christ appears to two disciples, Christ appears to Peter, Christ's appearance to the ten apostles, Christ's appearance to the eleven apostles, Christ's appearance to seven disciples, Christ's appearance to the eleven apostles, Christ's appearance to five hundred brethren, Christ's appearance to James, Christ's appearance to the eleven apostles of the day of ascension, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Christ's appearance to Paul at his conversion, the lame man cured by Peter, death of Aeneas and Sapphira, many sick healed by Peter, apostles freed from prison by an angelic intervention, Stephen's great miracles, dying Stephen's vision of Christ, Philip cast out an unclean spirit, Aeneas and Aeneas' vision, Paul's sight restored, and Aeneas healed a palsy, Dorcas restored to life, Cornelius's vision, Peter's vision, Agabus' prophecies, Peter released from prison by an angelic intervention, Elimus blinded, lame man cured by Paul, damsel delivered from an evil spirit, Paul's vision on the way to Damascus, an earth, earthquake released Paul and Silas, gift of the tongues, special miracles by Paul, evil overpowered Skeva's seven sons, evil spirit overpowered Skeva's seven sons, Eutychus restored to life, Paul's unharmed by viper bite, Publish, Publius' father healed, John's vision on Patmos, innumerable miracles of Christ that were never even recorded by the apostles. That's a pretty long list, right? But who could count, how could I count God's miracles that 
we're just in the Bible. We think about what's going on today. In times like these, it's easy to forget who we belong to. I hope y'all heard those words. I know it's a long list and going fast, but just to be reminded of who our God is and who he, that he chooses us. I wanted us to go back to basics and know that the God who performed all these miracles is, go back, that God who performed all these miracles is the same God that offered his name to us. He invited us to be in relationship with them. That's what we do when you meet someone. You tell them your name. You tell them the, your name so that they may know you. We go back to basics by being in relationship with God our Father. The great I am. Truly knowing who he is. Knowing that God became flesh in his son Jesus that died so that we may never be separated from him again. We catch up with Jesus in the book of John, chapter 8, as the Jews are now there in this uh, chapter 8, they're uh, accusing Jesus of being demon-possessed, of all things. And Jesus says, Very truly, I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. At this they exclaimed, Now we know that you are demon-possessed. Abraham died, and so did the prophets. Yet you say, Whoever obeys your word, will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died and so did the, problem, the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus replied, If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father whom who you claim as your God is the one who glorifies me. It glorifies me. Through you do not know him. Though you do not know him, I know him. I said, if I said I did not, I would be a liar like you, but I do not, but I do obey him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You are not yet 50 years old, they said to him, and you have seen Abraham? Very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, he says, before Abraham was, I am. At this, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself slipping away through the temple grounds. Him saying, they knew exactly what Jesus was talking about when he said, I am. He didn't say I was. He didn't say I was there before. He said, I am. That same presence that God introduced that name, I've, I've been forever present. And that's what Jesus was saying at that time. I have to say that... Uh, or it is important that we find relationship with that name. I have to say that Moses' journey is one of my favorite uh, scriptures in the Bible, just the scriptures I love reading. I love reading about Moses and uh, with all the highs and the lows, the adventure that you think about where Moses started, you know, being pushed into a river to where he ended with God. Um, I love reading about that, and I think something we don't really talk about all that much is Moses in his later life with God. Uh, in Exodus 33:11, it says that the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Moses later would go on to wear a veil that covers his face uh, because he would, his face would glow radiant from meeting with God in the tent, the tent of meetings. 
where so many people in the Bible fell away from God later in their life, Moses always remained with the Lord his whole life. Think about David, you know, all the problems he had later in life, dying alone. Uh, we think of um, Solomon, you know, towards the end of his life, what got him in trouble. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength was gone. God himself buried Moses in Moab. You imagine that, God himself buried Moses. Moses made mistakes all along the way, but what I admire most was he was forever in relationship with God. Moses screwed up all the time, but he was always in relationship with God. We have that same opportunity that Moses had to know our God, our Creator. Our bond with our Creator is eternal. Jesus made that relationship right. The God we chose to know today will be the same God waiting for us on the other side. Where does a lifelong, where does this eternal relationship start? Much like a 50 50-year marriage starts. It starts with an introduction. Think, the, think about the first time you met your significant other. Um, just think about that moment. How did it start? Much like it started with an in, introduction, a conversation. It takes courage to put yourself out there to say, to reach out that hand, maybe to introduce yourself, to ask God, what is your name? To ask someone, what is, their, what is your name? That actually, that takes courage. This relationship is a journey. It is filled with highs and lows all along the way. When it gets easy, it's going to get harder. When, it, when you get lost, you're going to get found. You may, you may fall, but always know that I am is forever present and always there. Will you join me in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, the great I am, God, we just come to you this morning and we thank you, God, for just offering relationship with us, God. We understand that there is nothing that we can give you that you don't already have, and we just thank you for loving us. Thank you for offering your name to us. Help us to build a relationship, God. Help us to find, dig deeper in ourselves to want to know you and who you are, God. Help us with that relationship. Let that relationship build today this eternal relationship that we're going to know you forever on, Lord. Just help us spend time with you. Help us to block out those things, those distractions that get in the way. And just help our hearts be tuned into you, God. We love you very much. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.